Hello? Cody. What? We need to talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Does whatever a spider can. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. We need to talk about Spider-Man. We need to talk about Spider-Man. Welcome to We Need to Talk About Spider-Man, a podcast where we must talk about Spider-Man. I'm Cody Lunsford. And I'm Chad Oliver. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man, specifically Spider-Cinema, for now with special guests. We'll also be talking about Spider-Man news and rumors from the World Wide Web. This episode, we will be talking about Mark Webb's Amazing Spider-Man 2. Chad? Yes. Why don't you introduce our special guest? Okay, I've not prepared for this at all. Uh, let's at see how it goes. all. Yeah, at all. Jason Hammonds, Jason Hammonds. He is our president of our podcast network. He draws comics and he writes. You can follow his podcast at Comic Book Workshop and you can follow him at Jason Aftones and he has good art there. Good look out. Here comes our podcast dad. Hello, uh, my children. Hello. It's so good to see your bright-eyed, bushy-tailed little uh, little faces. Thanks, Dad. Cody, you were Cody, you were um, really uh you were you were peeking on that intro. You were, oh, you were oh I always hot. do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin hot. I uh call me could turn down the game, maybe. It's how he uh peaks our interest. Yeah, the, Chad, Chad is supposed to do all of that. I, I show up and I can't really man. do much. Yeah, he can't he, he can't he can't turn your game down from we can, Los Angeles. We can basically like I mean we all are at the same basic volume because Zoom balances things out, but sometimes yeah. you do get a little muffly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just hey look, I'm I'm speaking for the listeners here. I'm sure when they were listening to the intro, they were like, huh, Cody's peeking a little bit, isn't he? I think if they've listened to a podcast where I've appeared, they just they just know what's coming. They yeah. know that and I you could just that I get really low and get really high. You um, pull back from the microphone a little. I could, but sometimes if I pull back, you can't hear that much. And if I'm that right actually here, that sounds really great to me. Thinking. Yeah, it doesn't sound too good to me actually. Yeah. So uh, listeners, weigh in. Let's put up a Twitter poll. Listeners, if you tweet at me about the sound quality, I will fucking delete this podcast <laughs> and never do another episode. I you mean. Can't. I'll do more episodes. Yeah, I won't. I don't get paid for this shit. I don't have to. Um, speaking of Jason, do you want to have the negotiations live on air? Um, okay. Thirty um, percent of I don't know. Um, <laughs> I like. I started and I was like, I have nowhere to go. This is a this is a hack bit that everybody does on podcasts where they're like, oh, all the money I make. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. we make so much money. Right. Hey, all those podcast dollars. Am I right? Uh, yeah. It's like, come on. Am I an HBO Max series? Because I'm a hack. Uh, 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 pretty um, good. That was yeah. pretty good. That's all right. Yeah. I, listen, I've been watching Monsters at Work, which is about jokesters coming mm -hmm. to the laugh floor, learning a lot about comedy. Uh, yeah. So, from the greats, uh, John Goodman, any, Billy Crystal. Have you taken yeah. any good notes uh, from it, Cody? Like any sort of tips on doing comedy? Um. So what's kind of frustrating, right, is like in each in each episode like there, there's kind of like a comedy class or whatever and there's other plot lines going on so you don't really see it but at the end of the second episode there was like this interstitial like oh let's just show you mike's comedy class 
Mm-hmm. I had to pause that to start this podcast. So I fully missed mm. out on the notes because I had to record this. So maybe next episode I'll be funny. Maybe I'm not I counting on it. So yeah, I'm not, I really am not putting a lot of stock in that, but when I guess uh, in some ways, this is part one of a two part episode. In what way? In the way that I'll be on the next one. You're not on the next one. You're, You're in like one, six no. episodes from now. Fuck. Well, <laughs> to be it's continued. Right. Hey, Jason, can you tilt your uh, webcam down so we can see you? You are just Why slowly sinking into the bottom of the screen. Wrong? And I know that it's a bit, and I know that it's you trying to be funny, but the listeners can't see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cody was oh. laughing, so I think I succeeded in being funny. Well, I was thinking about monsters at work. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered <laughs> something from that. <laughs> Uh, hey guys so what's what's uh what's the structure of the podcast go ahead and do whatever your setups are well okay our first segment that we like to jump into is the daily bugle yeah so we talk uh, about spider news from the yeah. world wide web um so hey guys spider-man he's in comics you ever hear of those i, I have do heard of comic hear books. of them yeah, there's a new Spider-Man comic coming out called Spider-Man Beyond, which Hell seems yeah. like it's going to have Ben Riley take the mm. mantle up. That's all I know about it, Jason. Maybe you know more. Uh, I know a bit more. Yeah, there's like an incredible uh, uh, team on this. Um, Sarah Pacelli, who was like an amazing artist on um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the Miles Morales stories. Oh, cool. uh, she She's kind of the artist who sort of made the Miles stories what they are um uh i mean visually you know of course bendis wrote most of those um but like patrick gleason uh is going to be on this um art adams like a real like amazing uh, uh group of people michael dowling as well as writers like cody ziggler who i'm a real big fan of i keep burping because i was having some seltzer right before and i kind of gulped it down a little fast <laughs> um but like zeb wells saladin ahmed um kelly thompson like it's a it's a freaking all-star cast of uh, creators so i'm really curious to see how all of their stuff interacts but i i love when uh they kind of let a ton of people go at it with uh, a character and a, a story idea like this yeah so is it like just stories featuring ben riley is there going to be an overall narrative do we really know anything like that yet so here's the thing so this is actually like the the amazing like this is the mainline spider-man book amazing spider-man um issue number 75 is what's going to sort of start this arc got it got it got it um yeah it's it's all like it's ben riley he's returning to the mantle of spider-man um peter park is absent but we don't know what happened to him we don't know if he's dead or like in a fucking another dimension or whatever um and that's like really all we know about there's like an some art that shows peter in a hospital bed um but you know we don't we don't fully know maybe he's in a coma maybe he's dead we don't know interesting the editor is nick Lowe. he's a great editor um yeah so i I feel good about it i'm I'm excited for this this uh thing i am perpetually three months behind because I read everything Mm. on Marvel Unlimited. Um, And I am unsure right now with uh, where Spider-Man is at, how it's going to lead to this. Because right now he's like working for a, uh, like an online newspaper type thing. And that's why he has the blue and white suit because they, it's like streaming him, like stopping crimes. I don't know. Sure. 
Yeah. I, here's the thing. I, I, I haven't read Nick Spencer's Spider-Man. Um, and I, I actually, I genuinely want to. That's not like me throwing any like shade or anything. No, like I've that. liked it. Um, there's some really good Harry Osborn stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. the most compelling piece throughout. Um, Interesting. I love, yeah. I love me some Harry. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot of lot of lot of interesting things um hey. i hadn't so, been yeah. reading any of it so i'm, I'm yeah kind chad of doesn't know here. chad doesn't know yeah. how to read um, i am very i'm just very selective with comics and it's, it has nothing to do with like the quality of comics there's comics i really want to read that i just haven't gotten around to it's just i only read so many sure yeah i'm sure this one will bring in a lot of people and i, I mean like with a team probably like bring this. in me yeah, with a team like this, it's it's guaranteed to be like at the very least it'll be very interesting. Um, I'm really curious to see why the multiple creative teams, if it's just because it's going to be like coming really fast, or if they're mm. all kind of doing their own corner of the story. Right. Um, mm. I think that's always an interesting thing in comics is like some books will factor a rotating creative team into the storyline, even if it's just rotating artists. I think that was something that Tom King did really interestingly in his Batman run, which people either love or hate. Um, but you know, I, I personally have always been very like thrown off when, you know, artists switch halfway through a story arc or like someone just comes in to do fill in issues and there's not really any like story motivation to the different presentation. And so I'm, I'm hoping with this one that there is like, you know, that, that every writer and artist, since it is also writers rotating, that there is some kind of angle that they're all bringing on it and that they're all maybe examining one story from various perspectives. I this shows how out of the quote unquote like comic community I am because I read a bunch but I'm always like a little bit behind so I'm never like mm-hmm. fully keeping up with people what they're saying at the moment. I didn't know Tom King's Batman run was divisive. I've read all of oh, it wow. and I like it a lot and I just assumed yeah. that was the reaction. I I like it a lot. Um people I think the things that made people upset about Tom King's Batman had more to do with DC's publicity strategy than it did with um, the run itself. They kind of built up the engagement and the wedding as like this big thing that was like, you know, going to happen like Batman and Catwoman are getting married and they're like issue number 50, they get married and stuff. And like his plan story arc wise was like, oh yeah, Batman thinks he's about to like, have it all and like has this sort of false victory moment and then the rug is swept out from under his feet and then you have another 50 issues that feels like a layup of like yeah you know for that kind of storytelling if someone has it it all but dc serialized continuous story yeah you're gonna pull the rug out from under him no and it's good and it feels true to the story as you're reading it but i didn't see the marketing when it happened It was like DC was billing it very, very highly and touting it as like, it's happening. It's, you know, and like just really, really built a lot into it. And I think people got very excited at like, what does a future look like if Batman and Catwoman are married and like, where do they Mm. go from there and how do they keep it, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I think that that's, those are interesting questions and they're questions that Tom King is answering currently in his miniseries, Batman Catwoman. Um, But it kind of led to some frustrations with people on his Batman run that being said there's like some all-time stuff in there and like especially yeah, from the I artists like uh Lee Weeks Jorge Fornes like um um Mikkel Hanin I think is doing career work Mitch Garretts does a couple of really awesome arcs um it's it's I, I do think it's a very good run but it's like it's not necessarily what people envision when they think of Batman stories because it's much more romance and like personal character drama and stuff and I I dig that shit yeah I think that's good yeah. <laughs> I don't know but I also am a 
big Spider-Man fan and a lot of his stuff when it's really cooking is that. Okay, um, you, you like Spider-Man? I do. Yeah. Spider-Man, the king of having a really big publicity stunt wedding uh, that then gets <laughs> undone. <laughs> I do love that. Way they down just, the like, road. Got- I just love that they had a couple of people, like a couple of fucking randos, dress up as Spider Man and Mary Jane and get married at like what was it, a Mets game? Yeah, like, it ha- <laughs> like what? Like real life, like yeah, had it had it happen. It's Bizarre. something I respect about Marvel is they like ran a presidential campaign for Howard the Duck and like yep. had a couple yeah. of randos get married as Peter and MJ. Like they did a lot of just dumb publicity stunts, and that's fun. Love well, them. speaking on that, like yeah. obviously they have a bigger structure now with Disney parks and stuff like that. But the fact oh. that with every episode of Loki, their walk around Loki character gets a brand new costume mm. rules. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. <laughs> like that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, okay. Speaking of Loki multiverse and yeah. stuff like that, there has been some leaks about no way home. Chad, do you want to speak via, on these? Via toys? Via toys, which yeah. is typically how it often happens. So we've seen some new suits um, this month, and uh, I think they're okay if kind of ugly. Yeah. Uh, we see that Spider-Man is using Doctor Strange magic on a pop toy, it seems. Like he's developed some kind of a web shooter that uses Dr. Strange magic or something. So I am now suspicious of that because the mm-hmm. what if trailer came out a few days ago and right. Peter has Dr. Strange's cloak for like a second. And that. that's true, but it does say no way home. It is on a no that. way home pop. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And Dr. Strange does appear in the movie and Dr. Strange, a, a pop toy of him also released wearing casual clothes uh, and a shovel. And he's holding a shovel. So he kills Spider-Man and buries him. <laughs> With a shovel and buries him. That's the only yep. thing that I could the, put together from that. That is our official um, scoop that we, and, we got on. We need and to then talk about Spider-Man. Lego, you know, we, we see a suit mm. kind of in the corner. We see that Wong and yep. Dr. Stranger and the, the Sanctum yeah. Sanctorium. Which Wong, is he confirmed in the movie or not? I thought so. To me, it didn't read as a surprise, but right. then apparently it was. But so also, like, if he's know. on a Lego set with Doctor Strange, I don't take that to mean he's definitely in the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think he probably is. Whatever. He's in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Like, for two seconds. So, like, he can well, also be in two seconds. He's probably in the movie for a little bit longer than that. Probably in the movie for a little bit longer than two seconds. Yeah, yeah. probably a little bit longer than two seconds. <laughs> a little bit longer than two seconds. They're not going to get Benny Wong on set for two seconds. I'm just telling you that much right now. I uh, I doubt he is fifth built, though. You know, like, I think it is yeah. just a cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey. probably. Um, we also got that there are at least two new suits for spider-man there's the one that's mostly red with the gold accents and then there's i don't like that one there's the black and gold one as well i like that one (laughs) that one's the better of the two i don't love either and my main reason is i don't like that our you know lower class teen is wearing gold uh like i want him to be that working class hero that spider-man is We've been uh, ranting about hashtag make Spidey poor again. Yeah, make Spidey like poor again. Like on this podcast quite a bit. Now, uh-huh. the gold is like whatever. They they decided to go that. with a like color scheme for this series and it uses a lot of gold and whatever. Like mm-hmm. I get it. 
I, I don't like that new red suit because this fucking web shooter like the, things are massive. Yeah, there's like that. It. It, it looks like the PS4 suit, too. I know I'm not the first to say that with like the big white spider on the front. See, I think that suit slaps ass. Oh, you I like, like the PS4 suit? I, yeah, I never liked I it. it. As soon as I could, I switched it to the classic suit. I don't think it can be classic. See, I don't. I want Spidey to have five million suits because I'm a, you know, I like toys and yeah. things looking different and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is why it happens. And so I don't Joel, care. Joel Schumacher would have had a heyday with the uh, freaking Spider Man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, imagine? hell yeah, the spider nipples we would have had. Oh, I if only. like part of why I like Spider Verse stuff so much is because it's like, well, let me look at all these different freaking See, Spideys. I like it in Spider Verse, but like I like that Peter B. Parker had a classic Spidey suit on. Yeah, it's sweatpants. Um, but he fixed it halfway through the movie. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. What do you think of the the suits, Jason? I. Look, I I don't love the idea and the concept of Spider-Man having an insanely, you know, complex technological suit. Um, I I, even in like Homecoming, I thought that it was a little um, again, talking about, you know, getting the rug swept out from under you. I thought it was a little interesting to have like a suit that looks like the classic spider-man suit but then has like an onboard ai and like you know a kill mode and whatever the hell i kind of don't <laughs> like the ai stuff in it like even if it's yeah. like slightly high tech don't give him an ai as well yeah i think i think it's yeah. just like it's a little especially for this universe i think spider-man should have been a character that contrasts the like wealth and resources of a lot of these characters and like stands independently mm-hmm. um and maybe that's where they're leading us to you know I, but i think it is a little weird that that spider-man is uh, like in all of his appearances in the mcu has been so technology based um mm-hmm. that being yeah. said i don't hate these designs i don't think there's that much like inherently wrong with them i think that there's like you know it, it's not what I, I look for in a spider-man uh right. but like i mean you know i don't know it's they're fine they're like better than in my opinion better than like the iron spider costume yeah i didn't love the iron spider costume but i will well, say cause that the iron spider the take on that one was like Let's just make it metal. Yeah, let's make it like they didn't even do the yeah. different colors or anything yeah. like that. They were just like make now, it metal. I'll say that like I in the past, like in comics and cartoons and toys, I don't love when Spider-Man has a costume like the Iron Spider suit in Infinity War with like the protruding like legs. Ah, see the thing like, about that chat is it's very good, actually. I, I've never <laughs> liked it until Infinity War when it was like the first time it still felt like the same kid was in that suit. He just like happened to have a fancy suit, you know, yeah, something we're gonna about have a... the execution of it worked. But even though like when I saw all the promotional stuff, I hated it. We're going to have a lot of suit talk this episode, I think. I think there so, was a real. We are about to talk about the best. Okay, let's transition. Well, cinema yeah. The, the well, no. So you want to. Okay. Chad has a new segment and then we'll yeah, we'll start. We'll start the episode discussion with the suit because I noticed something really interesting yeah. to me. So, so I am going to start a new segment this week because I think we are getting closer and closer to No Way Home and it's time to start. Wait, this... you think we're getting closer? <laughs> I think we're definitely getting closer. Chad's, to got, the, a, Chad's got a hot scoop. <laughs> 
turns out as time moves forward we get closer and closer to a, <laughs> to movie a definitive date and further yeah. further away from a trailer seemingly that's seemingly. true it's it's the paradox jason. Of, of spider-man no way home jason, we are starting you... a new segment called the speculator spider-man where we speculate about spider-man mm-hmm. okay i was um, trying to tell jason something very important chad well i just wanted to get that out okay there so i'm glad you know got that what out the fuck we're doing so the spec the speculator spider-man we're gonna yeah. guess what it's about that's a play on spectacular spider i understand okay oh i hear something very good on the podcast so uh jason oh mm-hmm. cody you you said something to say to jason I'm well sorry. i well now it's... it's gonna feel weird i was just gonna tell him like hey did you know that the turning red pixar trailer was coming out tomorrow which doesn't oh. come out until march 2022 pixar Pixar Shazam, um, but we still don't have a fucking Spider-Man trailer. It's hey, I'm all for weird. it. I, they're they're keeping they're keeping their little secrets. So typically by now we would have had a, a trailer yeah. for a Spider-Man Bo- movie. Both of the last Spider-Man movies had uh, trailers seven months almost to the day before the uh, mm-hmm. theatrical. And we are you about five months out from this one, right? And yeah. listen, if a trailer's come out, we're going to talk about it right now. Uh, but if a trailer hasn't come out, uh, well, let's launch it. As- we'll include this anyways. Just like uh, this is our pre-trailer, <laughs> including thoughts. me clapping for your own edit benefit. No, uh, kind of. Sh- um, sh- no, I got sh- it. Show. I got. I got the right. time code. I got the time code, Jason. Chat to your segment. Uh, so basically, um, Jason, you have a you have opinions about what you think is going to happen. You told me today you have a hot take about who you think is going to be the main villain of No Way Home. And I just I do. Uh, want that basically on the public record so I can either praise you or ridicule you, you uh, yeah. in the future. Uh, so let's so, talk about that. As I say this, I need everyone to understand a little context. Mm-hmm. Back in the uh, days of yore, when a little program called WandaVision was coming out on our on our televisions. I'm sorry, Long Division? Long Division. Uh, yeah. When Marvel Studios' Long Division was coming out on our, our, our television like a, sets. Sounds like a boring show. Disney needs to... <laughs> hey, you're telling me, buddy. Hey, they, all, the, all the fan speculation, boy, they were doing some real Long Division trying to figure out what hey. was going on there. <laughs> hey. Fuck out of here. Uh, so... Back when that was going on, I was like pretty adamant on the it's not Mephisto train and on the mm-hmm. if they didn't set it up in the first three episodes, it's or the first two episodes, it's not going to like come to bear in the last episode type that like all that sure. shit. Uh, so understand when I say this, this is coming from someone who's not trying to shoehorn Mephisto into things. Right. But that I being said, here that said, here's a shoe, here's a horn. So here's, well, here's the thing, guys. So we we know a lot of rumors about Spider-Man, particularly about the protagonists that are going to be appearing in Spider-Man No Way Home. We, we Who's Spider-Man? To- Toby Maguire, oh. Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all playing Peter Parker, Spider-Man. That's the, the rumor. rumor. Yeah, you we know, know Alfred Molina is in the movie. We as know Alfred Molina. We, we know, know Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is in his Electro. Yeah. At this point, uh, it would be pretty fucked up, I think, if Toby and Andrew aren't in it. Because there's them so to, much. For them to wait this long to like have a trailer to basically mm-hmm. let us know, like, no, guys, they're not in this movie. Exactly. That's why I'm like, That's they're, what's they're in it. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I wouldn't be shocked. I like, I hope that's the case. Honestly, I've been trying to temper my expectations, but I hope that's the case. Mm -hmm. So let's, and let's assume, you know, based on those rumors, I'm definitely not going to assume that Charlie Cox is in it as daredevil. That feels like a stretch to me, but let's assume Toby and Andrew are in it. Right. Yeah. Reprising their roles. Uh, uh, we, you know, we know Doc Ock, we know Electro. Those two don't seem like they're going to be the big bad of this movie. Right. It feels like um, they're team members of like a sinister team. I don't even know what you'd call you know, a team or, like that, or whatever. But... Who knows what they are, but yeah. I don't think they're the main villain. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, so that being said, it that means that there probably does need to be a main villain, someone who is causing these things to happen, someone who is, you know, tearing the multiverse or at least taking advantage of the tear in the multiverse. Um so then you have to start looking at Spider-Man villains. You know, the in the first two movies, your villains were uh, uh, Vulture and um, Mysterio. Mysterio. Both classically Spider-Man villains, right? They're wait, wait, hold on, Jason, slow down. Yeah, you're telling me they're Spider-Man villains. They're, they they're are Spider-Man Spider movies. They're not. They're not generally like you know larger Marvel villains that like have more interaction than with someone else than they do with Spider-Man. Hmm, I don't. Hmm. I don't know, Jason, because I watched those movies and they kind of feel like Tony Stark villains. I don't know. <laughs> hey, fair, fair enough. I mean, every villain in the Mar in the MCU is a Tony Stark villain. But what uh, I mean is that their source material yeah. was was yes. No, I I know. I, oh, yeah, I know. So, with that being said, they have they would kind of for all of this, especially for like three Spider Men to be tame, teaming up against a villain, it would either have to be like you're Green. saying, Chad. Oh. <laughs> Well, a, a, a Sinister Six, you know, uh -huh. three versus six, uh -huh. which could be very fun and compelling. Or it would have to be a, a like, huge, giant level, uh, uh, you know, like, cos cosmic or, you know, existential, whatever, huge villain. To me, if we're talking villains who have been able to have catastrophic effects on Spider-Man's life and villains who have made the largest impact in, in sort of Spider-Man canon and would have the far-reaching capability you know, to sort of do something on this large of a scale. Mephisto is kind of where all roads lead to, in my mind. Mephisto is the, 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 you know, person who made the deal for Spider-Man's marriage or whatever. And yep. so it was something I talked about with, with Chad was like, could it be possible that Mephisto makes a deal with Tobey Maguire to, you know, be able to abandon Spider-Man, live with Mary Jane, have a happy life and not have to carry that burden anymore, make a deal with Andrew Garfield, to uh, have Gwen Stacy back in his life, right. be happily ever after, and make a deal with uh, Tom Holland to say, hey, I can undo that whole outing your personality thing, outing your secret identity thing, and, and using all of those things to get each of the three of them to sort of, you know, do these various machinations, whatever they may be, uh, which maybe act against each other's interest at first, and then, of course, by the third act, they realize they're friends and do whatever. Um, I, again, this is all speculation, and most of that is probably absolutely nowhere, but sure. my, my, my bet is that Mephisto is in it, and my second, like, if that's not the case, then I think that uh, Green Goblin. And I think yeah. maybe yeah. Will see that's 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 I, where I think it is exactly Green Goblin and exactly Willem Dafoe. I think that the movie you're describing sounds very good. I don't think that's a movie we have, and partially because I don't know where the Sony versus Disney contracts lie. 
but I imagine Mephisto is owned by Marvel Studios, Disney, yes. and not I not I imagine a so too. Villain owned by Sony. I imagine so and I too. Doubt that Sony would use a Marvel Studios villain in their movie. That I mean, that's a that's a but, good argument. I but if if they can use a Marvel Studios hero in their movie, why would they not use a Marvel Studios villain in their movie? Like I don't see how that makes it any different. <laughs> Because they, they can use Iron Man, they can use Doctor Strange. I think I think there's some there's like some pre existing agreement that they will use one hero per movie or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, but then that's already broken. But I mean, anyway. Oh yeah, because they like Scorpion and shit like that. Um, and then this one, we know there's a couple in it. Um, but technically, there's Sony versions of the. Yeah, villains. those are well. Yeah, those are all Sony owned. Well, no, but like I mean, they had main characters. Like Scorpion, sure. Vulture, oh, all the sure, sure, all sure. the villains are Spider-Man. Right, right, right. That I got. I mix. Uh, here's the thing. I don't think I would go as far to say Mephisto isn't in it. I I don't think I would say that. I don't know that I think he's the main villain. Mm. Yeah. I think like, is there a chance he's a post credits that's setting up Multiverse I, of Madness? Or that I think is more likely. Maybe he is pulling the strings like Green Goblin seems yes. like our main villain and then it that, turns out it was a Mephisto thing. That I think is like sure. the most likely way Mephisto appears. Yeah. I could see all of that, especially because it's weird though, because one one day more, one more day, whatever it's called, um, that the Mephisto that's story. Lay Miz song. Yeah, um, the the Mephisto storyline where he undoes everything is like right. a pretty controversial oh, storyline. So for them to be adapting it but, feels wild, but they're already sort of doing elements of it. Yeah, here's the thing. I I think I mean personally, like I it feels to me as though they are starting to be, especially John Watts. I think they are starting to be a little bit unafraid of like touching on the comics that aren't as well received yeah Um, Mm. i mean for instance uh, infinity war as a comic that was not a well-received comic that was like basically a bunch of people being like what the fuck like you're just trying to capitalize on infinity gauntlet's success with like this cheap hollow bullshit um Mm. and so in terms of like name usage or whatever and villain usage and like i mean ronan the accuser had like a couple of good storylines but like not really like I think they've done a lot of things and I would not be surprised if with a character like Spider-Man who has already been so well-trodden in other media, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they go, let's try and take a crack at like, you Something know, those, fucking insane. Yeah. Like the elements of some of those storylines, the very impactful storylines without some of the stuff that made it so crazy. You know what I mean? Cause like the marriage yeah. stuff for Tom Holland wouldn't be present here. I, no. And I guess if you view this as like the third in a trilogy, it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like jumping the shark and like going kind of crazy pretty soon. But if you view already it doing a multiverse, it, I know. But if you, and if you but if you're doing it as, it as like a fourth, in, you're doing it as a fourth, a third, a second, third. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like basically, if you consider all five, no, sorry, all eight of the previous um no three seven all the seven seven. of the previous this would be the eighth this would be the eighth if you see it as the eighth installment in a series of spider-man movies it it feels like yeah let's do something crazy let's do because that to me that is the only not devil 
right and that that to me is the only like spider-man villain and i know he's like originally a silver surfer character and like he has the most interaction with ghost rider but like and dr strange i think would and be the other like he's interacted with a lot sense. of people yeah. but in terms of like the villains who are like the hero who he's had the like strongest connection to in terms of like biggest moments or whatever you know it's spider-man and in terms of spider-man's rogues gallery the people that he has those interactions with Inter- like a someone who's manipulating the multiverse to like you know fuck over multiple spider-men mephisto is kind of the only guy who's gonna do that like really you know realistically like what other villain does spider-man have who's gonna like pull different spider-men from different universes to fuck with all of them wow King ben wilson fisk or okay. or the i don't remember what the fuck they're called but the spider-verse villains um the ones who are like Kingpin? eating at the web at no 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 not spider-verse oh, Spider-verse but the comic yeah spider-verse the comic like i cannot remember what the name of those people i are. mean I but I, they're I, insignificant i, I kind of think they're cool they're <laughs> creepy monster people um <laughs> I, don't know. I do and not think theory. those yeah. are the villains of this movie but um listen sam raimi's doing dr strange too And like, it is weird to me that a lot of his people are seemingly coming back, but it has not been confirmed for his movie. So I'm a little skeptical of that. I kind of am sort of thinking that uh, Tobey Maguire may stick around and be in Doctor Strange 2. We could have Mephisto kind of bridge the gap between the two. It feels very horror-esque, which, you know, is Raimi's bag. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Because I had Scott Derrickson on for, I mean, he was the first Doctor Strange director and then replaced with another horror director. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be spooky. Well, and they kind of, I think Derrickson left, right? And I think part of the reason was like, and bringing somebody like Raimi in feels like a very specific move. Mm hmm. You know, feels like a very specific. Was was very like cordial about the whole situation. It was like he, got it you know he said like basically creative differences whatever which is just like kind of a blanket term for like yeah i mean yeah i think i think they went in a different direction plot wise with this movie than Mm -hmm. they were originally planning on and maybe it's because some sort of deal with sony came through or maybe you know who the fuck knows knows? but uh, jason do you want to hear my big brain speculation before we uh... yeah and i do think i do think that is a good note of like maybe it's you know green goblin or someone and then sets up mephisto for the doctor strange movie i could absolutely see that i do as someone who did not like any of the mephisto speculation that was going on i do kind of think mephisto is going to play a role listen it it could be cool it could also be like uh marvel uh or mcu does a lot of like combining characters or switching up villains right like um so like it could be a mephisto slash somebody else kind of like combo yeah yeah, they're always combining like you know hella and angela create the hella in the movies and yes and shit like that crimson dynamo and red guardian are essentially the same person and uh Mm -hmm. but how often have they done a villain for a character who is not traditionally their villain how often does that happen in the mcu taskmaster um, isn't really a black widow villain but he kind of goes no. all over the place yeah. well i mean mandarin mandarin's not a shang chi villain true but they that was them trying to fix. right and yeah and they're they're combining yeah. mandarin with the the um, the uh horrendous fu manchu who is the right, villain of exactly. Shang-Chi in the comics and it um, is shang chi's father 
right. or is he always in the yeah, comics? Yeah, yeah. In the comics, okay. yeah, Fu Manchu was Shang-Chi's father. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I like they're mostly they've stuck to like villains of those specific characters. Um generally that being I guess said, Agatha sort of connected to Wanda, but she was more in Fantastic I mean, I, Four first. Uh, yeah, Agatha know. wasn't really that much of a villain ever, really. Anyway, not really um, at all. But yeah, yeah, she was Fantastic Four, and then eventually was like kind of a character that hung around with uh, yeah. the Avengers in general, and specifically Wanda. But um, yeah, I, I, most of the time it's been villains directly related to those characters, with the exception of like, wasn't one of the Ant Man villains not an Ant Man villain? Well, there was Ghost, a, maybe not. Yeah, I think yeah. Ghost was originally an Iron Man villain, Iron Man villain and then yeah. Ultron was created by Hank Pym. I know he's kind of like whatever. Yeah, but then he was just in Avengers, which like he yeah. is an Avengers movie. He's an Avengers yeah. villain for sure. For sure, he, he definitely but is. That's well, just one of but, those changes. But, but yeah, Kang isn't very particularly an ant-man villain at all and we know he's the main one in three so maybe there's that's nuts yeah he is i mean at a certain point like some characters do not have very many solid villains so i think i think that's part of it i also think kang is not going to be a one-time appearance he's he's more especially with jonathan majors yeah. Well, it's very possible we're recording this right before the finale of Loki. Uh, yeah, it's very possible sound. he showed up, but yeah. I kind of don't think so. Um, okay, so, so Cody, you had a theory? You had a yeah, theory? yeah, I think Tom Holland's going to continue being MCU Spider-Man. We may get a couple more movies out of him and like, you know, team up movies or maybe even we'll have that college trilogy that's been talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think Toby is in Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange 2 as like a hey he's still hanging out it's multiverse of madness Mm -hmm. i don't know if he's in it a ton but i think Mm -hmm. he's in it i think there's a chance not a high one but a decent chance that andrew garfield becomes the spider-man for sony's uh villain movies i'm glad you brought this up i mean is it a bad just look at jason's zoom background (laughs) that honestly that is kind of what i want because i don't oh i I think they should and I and I think if Andrew Garfield's willing to do it, I think that that would be dope. I think that like he his Spider-Man would fit perfectly within this Venom Morbius universe. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would make a lot more sense, like the Craven thing that they're doing. And also, I think it would be very interesting if Andrew Garfield is like the primary antagonist of this Sony, Mar- you know, universe, and we're following, you know, sort of the perspectives of all of these like villains and anti-heroes who have a bone to pick with this spider-man and maybe this spider-man is a little fucked up like maybe after gwen stacy died he kind of like became you know a, well, a okay, bit that's of a spoilers for our future discussion yeah 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 uh, for like 10 minutes from now but yeah but we i just you know i i do think there's something interesting there and i actually think that could be an angle that would bring andrew garfield back is like to be probably the only person who gets to explore spider-man on film as like an antagonist an antagonistic character and someone who maybe is corrupted yeah yeah yep i agree that sounds awesome that that's kind of i mean that's they could do it they like could do it. Also, if if all three of those actors are on board, I want that. I want. I think multiple Sony having stories happening at once. That'd I think awesome. Sony having their own Spider-Man to play with, and the MCU having its own Spidey, and then you have the animated Spideys. Like, I think audiences have proved that we can hold yeah. all of those ideas mm-hmm. in our minds at once. I mean, how well, many Jokers if... we got going on right now? Hey, uh, truly, it's, I mean, 
Jared Leto's two of them because that's not the same Joker. <laughs> yeah, true. There's three, and um, then there's three Batman. Three Batman. I, I, not for it's nothing, fine. but I do. I do also kind of think that like if it's not a like you know a Spider-Man movie, if it's not like called Spider-Man, I'm sure that makes it easier agreement-wise for them to carry on the things, yeah. and also like less confusing for audiences. And I don't know. Like I, I think that there's an easy deal to be worked there. Oh yeah, I don't think we're gonna get like the Amazing Spider-Man three. I think we're gonna right. get like I mean, Midnight Suns or no, which we won. I guess that would stable with Marvel, but like we'll get a like dark right. guys, <laughs> evil men, Sinister Six or Sinister Six. Bring Drew Goddard back. Yeah, do Sinister Six and have Andrew Garfield be the antagonist of that film. Yeah, doesn't mean he's the bad guy. Yes. He's just the antagonist. He is yeah. standing in the way of whatever the Sinister Six are trying to accomplish. All right, so we've done so much time on speculation, yeah. so we'll have to keep this a tight uh, segment in the future, I'll Chad. Sure, sure. Um, but let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man Two. That's why we're here. Yeah, it is pretty like widely considered the worst Spider-Man movie made. Which how dare I think um, it is? On this rewatch, it's better than the first Amazing Spider-Man is my hot take. Uh, what was your uh, experience rewatching this? I hadn't rewatched it in years when I watched it this time. I had, I felt the same way. I felt like an equal amount towards it as I did Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. There's things that I like in it. Yeah, there it's are, certainly a mess. It's certainly a mess. I think all the villain designs in this fucking wave of them are horrendous basically on every yeah. single level. The entire Amazing Spider-Man saga from Lizard to New Green Goblin, it's all bad. Yeah, I think yeah. he breaks up with Gwen like maybe a couple times too many, but I think the death of Gwen Stacy's very effective as always, though it is a little strange how it happens because Green Goblin just kind of shows up, isn't a true... Like he's been Green Goblin for two minutes and then he kills Gwen Stacy. It's a little, sure. but it, it's still effective. I don't know if we have enough time of him being sad before he pops back. Of did you see they, how many times those seasons changed in that? True, true. They did speed up. So it, it's been, I guess you're right. Um, there was a little too much setting things up which I've started to really bristle at in things. Definitely too much of that. I yep. agree. This is not like, this is far from the best Spider-Man movie. I no. just think it's not the worst one. I think it's mostly okay. I think yeah. the stuff, I think it carried over stuff I liked from the first one, um, but just didn't necessarily correct some of the issues mm -hmm. that I had with the first one. What about yourself, yeah. Jason? I, I, so when this movie came out, I mean, part of it is due to the fact that when this movie came out, I was living in the middle of a very fucking small town doing a job I hated and like questioning Sorry. all my life choices, which is what led to me ultimately uh, working in film and TV. So I'm very thankful for that time. But uh, <laughs> this, this is like a, a movie that came out during that time when I was just seeing movies constantly because I had mm -hmm. nothing else to fucking do. And there were four, there were inexplicably four movie theaters in this tiny town. Like, Damn. Bizarre. It was oh, all through like weird acquisitions and mergers. Great town. Hey, those theaters were nice. Cedar City, Utah. Great place to uh, go see a movie theater. And the funny thing is, all four of those theaters owned by Megaplex. Tell me, explain that. How's how's one company own all the theaters there? I know how because they acquired different companies who had branch locations in the same city. But it's not AMC. Like AMC is normally what you find when there's a lot yeah. all at once. No, this is a local Mountain West theater chain called Megaplex, and they're the fucking best theaters that you could ever go to. They're wow. incredible. I mean, outside of like the Alamo, but 
Uh, great movie going experience. Highly recommend. Anyway, uh, I saw this at a, at, a, at a dark time in my life and it brought me a lot of joy. Uh, and I, I, upon this rewatch, Chad and I rewatched next to each other, uh, holding hands and, and talking. Well, we were sitting on the same couch. We were holding hands. Um, and well, so while, while we were watching, what was striking to me, and I honestly did not think it was going to hold up because I had such an amazing time, pardon the pun, watching it when it came out in theaters. Um, I didn't think that much of it was going to hold up, but I was very, very surprised at how great the performances were, especially yeah. from Garfield and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, their chemistry. But also Sally Field. Sally Field doing doing work. She's when, she came to play. When she looks at Andrew, when she looks at Peter and says, "You're my boy," my heart just sinks and my eyes yeah. fill with water. It's it's great. It's just a little distracting that there's a big question mark taped on the wall and a, a framed <laughs> photo taped underneath it. Uh, it's in incredible. But her this is like a quiet in spite place of that production bad. design. Yeah. She gives a great performance. In Here's the thing. I was thinking so much about the positives of this movie that I had to even kind of forgot all of that stuff, which I fucking detest. It's right. so bad. Well, no, that I... sequence with Philip Phillips playing... John sure. John Chad and I... The music became, choices are insane. Chad yeah. and I became friends mostly because of that scene. Yeah. Because in one of our film classes, we were talking about the use of music and film. And we t- oh, yeah, you made told our it, teacher to like, put that I was like, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. <laughs> Is this effective or not? Just as kind of, and we were uh, laughing very, very hard. I remember too, because that day we like put, we played it on mute and put different like music up i think someone yeah up, like mission impossible to make it yeah like, so we talked about how like music affected the feeling and like and we used no that one could scene. really point at what philip phillips gone 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 was attempting to yeah bring out of that scene um because i'm, I'm sure that was a studio choice. thing yeah oh what I'm, fully. What, I'm, what i'm guessing is it was like they had that that scene playing some other fucking song and then the studio was like you know what? This seems too. This seems too dour. Can we like yeah. make it more upbeat somehow? And then they go. I guess we'll fucking play Philip Phillips here for some mm-hmm. fucking reason. He just won American Idol. So and same with yeah. like, f- goddamn. Um, when when Peter is putting together the web shooters, and like yeah, doing he's trying his own at the batteries and stuff. And stuff it's yeah. like that. The like club remix of Pursuit of Happiness. So yeah. What is the purpose? It's Why? So we. It makes the scene fun. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like really struggling and like getting pissed off and stuff. And it's like a, it's a fun mm-hmm. scene. I really like that scene where he's like, he like you know, yeah. There was that gag we laughed at the at the end of the scene with like the fire extinguisher, where like he, yeah, he sprays it and then it sparks again. He sprays it again. So and, and that that is the thing. This this movie is so messy. There's so much it's mm-hmm. trying to do and it's failing at most of it. But I think some of the things that it's really nailing are like the physical comedy stuff. That's like you know, locked yeah. off camera actor doing something funny either because of mm-hmm. pacing or because whatever you know when he's like walking down the street and just grabs hold of one of the passing fire engines and when he's like you know doing all the the um in the opening sequence when you know rhino's driving the the tow truck which is heist like great which heist a by very, the way it's a very good heist get yeah. a get a tow truck and then just tow the armored truck away while your guys go to work on it that's great <laughs> awesome. um but having him, you know, like moving all around the truck, which they did, they have like, there's pictures you can find that are like, you know, three different stunt actors in the different spots of the truck, like doing the little gags, which is, I think, very clever and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him like, also like just juggling and like catching all the like juggling. vials. It's, it's totally yeah, the physicality. It's funny. It's fun. 
Yeah, when he gets hit by the freaking car passing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just there's a lot of really fun stuff. He takes the movie. phone call from the front of that car. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Garfield talks a lot about, like, he was very inspired by Buster Keaton going into this movie where he, like, really wanted to try and bring out some of those elements. And I think it really works. I think he did a great job. And also just, mm-hmm. like, it does feel like a lot of these scenes had um, a certain amount of improv to them where, like, they kind of knew the script and stuff, but they were free to, like, talk over each other and do little stutters and, like, you yeah. know, add their own affectation to it. Certainly and I think with the, he really excelled. the Gwen Peters scenes, there was, what was the one line where she says like oh i'm sorry i didn't choose the bahamas of uh hiding places <laughs> right, right like hiding in the broom closet yeah i feel like that had to be imp- improvised because like i don't know how mm-hmm. you write that that's just so funny and specific and, and even the it. like laundry sheriff moment like there's like little moments like that sure. where they really sell it even though the laundry sheriff one like we kind of call that we're watching like they definitely wrote nazi in the script first and then revised yeah. that to sheriff yeah mm-hmm. there's there's that scene where where aunt may is uh yeah, yeah, Not yeah I remember. Peter do the laundry. Okay. Oh, I remember. Just making sure. It's kind of a deep cut to just say laundry <laughs> sheriff and assume you know what we're talking about. Oh, I um, did. Just wanted to make sure everyone was on board, including here's, our audience. Here's the thing. I know it is comic accurate. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it is comic accurate. I oh. think the Richard and May Parker, oh, Mary okay. Parker shit yeah. sucks yeah. so bad. And I hate it every time it rears its head in comics. The, yeah. Yeah. Every time it shows up, I fucking hate it. I understand the Marvel universe, well, like in the comics, it's so connected and blah 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 yeah. blah. And they do that, and they're like, "We got to connect Spidey through his parents." It sucks, to in my me, opinion, and it's real bad in the movie. To me, it's fine that they're like spies, shield agents, whatever. Like, I'm okay with that. It's the stuff where it's like his blood is important, and only I he guess could have that's ever been true. Man, that's the yeah. part where I get annoyed with this movie where he's Jason like is that the sorts. is that the case in the comics I know they're spies but I don't know that they work on anything to cause no. him to be Spider-Man so that yeah you're right that's better um as far as they, I know and also like I'm not the you know I, I don't have like all of the deepest Spider-Man knowledge but to my knowledge like that's not the case um I am um, currently reading through I'm doing like everything from the year I was born forward and I'm just diving here and there and the Spidey run that's going on right now is Richard and Mary are back and you're like what the fuck oh, so right. they're not dead they didn't die in the plane crash well so, I don't know I haven't seen how it resolves but yeah. I yeah think it's so fun. so something and this this is something that was really interesting and it like I, I hadn't made the connection to this point but the, a thing that I think is like a big sin of particularly spider-man as a character but i think just generally in fiction um is the idea i i'll, I'll keep it to spider-man because i think that you start to get into broader like complexities when you talk about other characters like harry potter or whatever but like spider-man as a character inherently is a character that should be a a um lens through which any kid can view themselves yeah. Um, and I yeah. think we've that talked about that a lot on this podcast. And and there's a, so people often wonder, like, why did comic book characters, why do so many of them, uh, why are they all orphans? You know what I mean? Like, why are Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, like all of these characters, why do they have no parents? And one of the big reasons why they, they uh, were created that way is because these were people in a post-war or pre-war, mm-hmm. you know, like post-World War One and then post-World War Two society creating comics that a lot of kids would identify with and you know obviously spider-man's created in the 60s but he's within that tradition of like 
your parents went off to war and maybe they didn't come back, you know, or your dad didn't come back or like you come from a broken family. And especially in New York, there were a lot of kids who were orphans who were, who were living with their aunt and uncle or who, you know, like all of these situations that, that you see people in and they wanted these characters to be lenses through which those types of kids who often were underclass could view themselves through this very inexpensive disposable medium and something that they could sort of use as escapism. So then when you start to introduce elements of like, you know, no, you weren't actually poor. You come from, you come from noble blood. You come right. from, you know, mm-hmm. like influence and affluence and stuff. And then suddenly, rather than saying, hey, doesn't matter where you come from, you can be something. You are saying, oh, no, don't worry. You, you aren't actually poor. Your right. blood's not poor. You know, like right. it's, it's a very, it's just a very different subconscious messaging. And I think Spider-Man yeah. more than almost any other comic book character, it is inherent to him to be someone who comes from nothing. And it's something that the yes. Spider-Verse movie, mm-hmm. I think, corrects really well when they state mm-hmm. anyone can wear the mask. And that's the like yep. the core theme of that movie is like yeah. anyone can do this. Doesn't matter who you are. Like yeah. it's just about making the choice and becoming that person. Um, and I think that's the big sin of this movie. And I think if you, and really you could cut out a lot, like the vast majority of the blood plot line and make it much less specific about Peter Parker being the mm-hmm. only person who could have become Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you say could, that it's like, oh, it's just experimental and dangerous, and Peter got yeah, lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. And just be like, I, maybe it's a blood type is compatible, but like, it doesn't have to be this one specific guy, you know? Like, it could just mm-hmm. be like a lot of people. It's probably not gonna work on. Uh, and also, like, we don't have to fucking question things that much. It's comics. Like, it's it's it's, right. it's the same as gamma yeah. rays. You know what I mean? Just like, I mean, it's it. it, it's the right. typical like. He gets bit by the spider and then he like hits the spider. Maybe there was only one spider. He kills it, right? Or yeah. like, I mean, in the comics, we have Silk, who comes from the literal right. same spider that he does, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah I, I totally agree. I think like sometimes if stories are chosen one narratives, they are what they are and those stories can excel. I, I think the thing about Spider-Man is he was he didn't start out as that quote unquote chosen one thing. He yeah. he wasn't every man. He yeah. was Yeah. And then and, they retconned and this chosen one narrative on top of an every man and it's totally just, and that's you know yeah it's like you can do avatar you know the last airbender the legend of korra and like introduce the character as the chosen one and then deal with like what does that mean right Right. like what are the expectations and the things you know like i mean that's star wars all of that kind of does the same well Um, star i mean star Star wars Wars is kind of the same yeah star wars is what this is sort of trying to do and i think here's the thing i like with star wars i think there's an interesting discovery to be made that being said you know at least luke isn't like i guess yeah you're even yeah. in the first movie, you know, his father was a Jedi. So, yeah, you know that it's fully lineage. chosen one. Yeah. 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 And with yeah. and with Luke, yeah, it is the chosen one. It is also farm boy discovering he has like a secret, you know, like mm-hmm. sort of royal blood. But at the same time, like it is very much like random people are strong in the force. You know, mm-hmm. who the fuck knows? But you are one of them. You know, like it, it's a little bit mm-hmm. more broad. Um, but getting down to the specific, like you're the only one who can do this is like just kind of a mistake, I think. Especially yeah. now, I think it's just like a dated thing more than anything. Kind of like we're not going to tell stories anymore about like a white guy who discovers a secret hidden power deep in the forests of some third world country and now yeah, uses sure. that power to like save them from their plight. You know, like yeah. we're not going to be doing that much anymore. And I think this is kind of the same type of narrative where it's like, yeah, maybe we don't have to tell people that like being poor is like something that means you can't be great. Like, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Your parents have to so, be secret scientists who put things in your blood and yeah, your billionaire best friend will 
uh, those poor people aren't actually your parents. It's okay. Right. Um, yeah, that could, anyway, but like, so yeah, I, th- I think that's the sin this movie makes. And honestly, I think that most mm-hmm. of the messiness of this movie could be forgiven if not for that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it really like all the Richard and Mary Parker stuff really, really weighs it down for me. But to be fair, the MCU kind of makes a fairly similar mistake. He's not the chosen one in the same mm-hmm. way, but he is completely bankrolled by the most important person in the universe. Yep. Right. Um, was mentioned once again in the most recent Marvel movie that just came out. We can't stop talking about Tony Stark in the MCU. I, after he died. Okay. That movie takes place after. No, Superman. I know it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's just, it's just so funny how focused on Tony Stark, the MCU is. I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't, I don't mind that at all. He, Tony it's Stark. Fine. I, it's fine. He's the it original, is. he's the original sin of this universe. Like he is right. the, the inflection point on which, which is... all of this stuff hinges both literally mm-hmm. and fictionally. Right. Yep. I, I think it's so crazy because like if you were building a Marvel universe from scrap, right? And like you had all the characters that the With a box of scraps. <laughs> With a <laughs> box of scraps, yes. But like I don't know that if you had every character possible and you just were starting the franchise out that you would ever start with Iron Man again. No, and that's the beauty of no. it. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's why cool. it's fucking like yeah. why it works is because again, it's like, you know, people talk all the time about creative limitations are the thing that breeds uh, yep. innovation. And I think that's a big part is like, yeah, if they had had Spider-Man to start, like I think they probably fuck it up, you know, the same way yeah. as like, Avi Arad <laughs> did with right. Amazing Spider-Man. Like, I, I yeah. do wonder where they would start. Would they start with Captain America? Would they start with Fantastic Four? Like, well, do you build of, Avengers? Oh, if you had everybody? If you had everybody from the yeah. get-go. I mean, the thing is, Spider-Man's the most popular character. You'd start yeah, with him, even though that's would. not how you build a universe. I bet I bet they would probably do the thing that Marvel Studios kind of did, which is like, let's start with a risk and a safe bet. You know, like yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll bankroll two movies, and I bet those two movies are Fantastic Four and Spider Man. I think yes. Spider Man's the safe mm-hmm. bet, and Fantastic Four to them is like the necessary origin point where it's like we go right. into the into space and we find this thing, and that's sort of where everything right. branches from. But yeah, I, it's yeah, it's a it's a wrong headed thing to do, and even then, starting with Iron Man for where this universe came, you know, got to is weird. Like, yeah, Captain America makes the most sense probably, right. or Thor, but like that's not going to fucking work. So like, no. you know, it's <laughs> imagine if Thor had been the first one that would have been my God, <laughs> much crazier. Yeah. No, one I would have thought these movies are cool. No, no. Cause that I mean, was really, the thing is Iron Man made those, it cool. Right. Iron Man did make it cool. And he made a very, like he listened to classic rock ACDC. He was, well, cool. it was also a Favreau movie. It was snappy right. dialogue, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It, right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not amazing. Spider-Man too. This no, one is no, by but... Mark Webb. Um, a Mark Webb joint. The Webster. The Webster. The man who was definitely hired because his name is Webb. I, I don't I feel know if like I, that. It I came think up that in the meeting. was a factor. It came up it, in it the meeting. It certainly meetings. came up. Someone said it. Like someone, someone pointed was, it out. Some I think it started out with like, hey, this, this hot director coming off of 500 Days of Summer. And then someone else chimed in and said, and his name is Webb. <laughs> So and everybody better. was like, ha ha ha. Yeah. I'm willing to believe <laughs> that Avi Arad made decisions based on so many crazy things. Like that, this would not be the most ridiculous thing that I will believe no. about Avi Arad's creative choices. Yeah. Um, oh, I, second that. So, so a thing in terms of what I love about this movie, and, and again, Chad and I were talking about this, like 
the web slinging in this fucking movie. Oh my god, is that's pretty god tier. It's so, it's choreographed so well. It's filmed so well. The, the opening shot after all the Richard and Mary bullshit, where you start on the logo and then the yeah. logo gets all shaky, and then you realize it's his back, and then you realize he's diving from a skyscraper, and then he whips oh. in the last second. I constantly think of like watching that in the theater because mm-hmm. I, I like that. I just remember that getting my heart thumping. And I think I saw yeah. this movie like five times in theaters. Like I just Jesus. kept going back. I immediately was ready to like, say, oh, this is the do. best Spider-Man movie. Right. When that moment happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I still was like feeling that feeling watching it. This time. it there's so much subjective camera work in that web slinging too, where like mm-hmm. it feels like there's a GoPro strapped to his chest or something. And we're not yep, only yeah. seeing what he's doing but also seeing his like reaction to it like seeing his mm-hmm. face and stuff and then yeah the camera following him and like how close it's getting to the ground yeah. and like really it's, living in that is so amazing it's something uh, mark webb talked about with the first movie was like in this series he wanted to give you like he wanted the viewer to feel what it feels like to be spider-man and to to swing through the city and so there's a lot of those like first person angles and yeah like that one that's like the gopro that feels like it's strapped to him uh that really makes you feel like you're there with Spider-Man swinging through the city. It's really effective and makes all those scenes more exciting to watch. What is uh, what is your favorite web sing- swinging scene in the MCU? I don't have one because <laughs> yeah, no, they, there's yeah, like I, one. Actually, I, think I guess the end of no. Far From Home is fun because Zendaya. I actually like... think it's kind of bad. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean we'll rewatch it, but the, the Zendaya, I think there's a couple of moments like... in Civil War that are fun. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. fun moments, but it's, it, it, I mean, he's barely in New York. We, we talk about yeah. it all the time. I've become, I, I, I'm starting to become like, a, it seems like I hate the MCU, but it, kind of as we've dived into Spider-Man, even this movie, which I think is flawed, mm-hmm. I still think Spider-Man Homecoming overcorrects some of the things they thought were issues. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm while i'm complaining (laughs) um the suit in this one right is so good from a design element yes we all agree probably one of the best suits it's a great suit the vfx on the suit like this is my big point it feels so tactile and real you see it as he moves wrinkles come into his shirt like it it doesn't fit him perfectly in the wind yeah flaps in the wind it like Uh you see wrinkles and stuff like that and that is where i was like Oh, in the MCU, he's just CGI boy, like the suit skin tight. There's no fabric to it at all. It's not that this suit isn't CGI. It is. It's just better CG. It's a better... To to be fair... It is it is more practical than the homecoming suit. Like there is yeah. more of this suit there. And They're just I'll using say, a lot of VFX enhancements. In homecoming, yeah. like when he's in the sweat suit in the finale, I was surprised how much of that was CG. That looks remarkable. Sure. Yeah. Feel. I just um, think all the Tony I think all the to- Tony suits have a tendency to get a little plasticky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was so struck in that opening scene you were talking yeah. about of just like seeing the wrinkles and everything. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. The, yeah. The MCU suit, it doesn't like stretch. It doesn't fold. It just like, it moves with his body a little too perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the villains in this movie. We got a few of them. We got Electro. We got Smythe. Yeah, let's talk about Smythe and Felicia first. Okay. 
we'll get them out of the way. <laughs> if you're gonna, I, I assume that they shot more with these two actors. These I two don't know that that is true. Really? I think maybe I think Felicia there may have been a bit more, but I do not think yeah. there was more Smythe. If you're gonna so like have that them for that little, just cut them completely out of the movie. It's well, so Smythe should have been had. cut. Yeah. They they thought they well, were doing Felicia too. They thought they were they were correcting for the sins of Spider-Man three when they go, oh, okay, we're not gonna like mess up the movie by introducing all these characters and having them have individual plot lines. They basically go, hey, we'll we'll introduce them for a moment. But yeah. then don't worry, they're not gonna clutter up screen time. Like they'll be there in a future movie. So that'll right. be that'll be totally fine. We're just gonna let them let people know that they are here, you know. Right. So everybody was trying them going forward. Which everybody is my was... biggest complaint about the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie is I'm like, wait, but where the heck is Doc Ock? I'm so confused. If I had seen him for a brief moment. I would have I been. I well, would have yeah. felt okay in Spider-Man too. I mean, it is. It is definitely the difference from Amazing Spider-Man one coming out pre, post MCU, but pre Avengers, and yeah. this movie coming out post Avengers. They they're like yeah. trying to do the universe building thing, and yeah. like I don't think it it's really bad. Like put the characters in. Yeah. I don't give a shit. MCU has mm-hmm. Scorpion in it. Like that's fine. Like all those like small little side characters yeah. I think is a-okay. There's a fuck yeah. ton in Homecoming. There really are. Um, There's more than like we were. You have There's you have the two, two shockers, shockers yeah. Scorpion and Prowler Tinker. technically and Tinker. And Tinker. Yeah. 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 And Vulture. Um, oh yeah. We didn't even name the big one. <laughs> Uh, you know, so you have all of those in it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I think it's also like Smythe being like a swarmy businessman. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Felicia as an assistant who apparently in her cut scenes are is like has a thing with Green Goblin. Not Ooh. interested in that. Yeah. She's a thief. She's she's black yeah. cat. It's like well, what is she doing? We're here? already making all the villains so Oscorpy in this series. You don't have to make Black Cat Oscorpy. So, if you do, she steals from Oscorp. Yeah, you don't have her yeah. be the fucking right. secretary. Right. Have it, yeah, have it be the Dark Knight Rises thing where it's like, oh ha, ha I'm an assistant here. It, like turns out I'm, you know, stealing you dry or whatever. Like, right. Sure. Which maybe that was gonna be the reveal, but we don't fucking know. <laughs> so well, maybe I did... we'll find out this this Christmas. <laughs> I did read the, um, or maybe maybe I read the silver and black script that was going to be sort of their continuation mm. of this character. Was it a it continuation is, of this character specifically? Hard to say. I actually, sure. I can't, based on that, I, mean, I can't say definitively. Who is this character really? Like yeah. at the end of this movie, she's just know. nothing. She's like she's a plot She's device, Jen Erso. I think I think the yeah. version I read might have been a retooling at some point after they decided to like abandon this movie. And yeah, so maybe probably they were cast or maybe they were going to keep, you know, Felicity Jones. I don't know. What I do know is that script was fucking atrocious. I like really it was so it felt like almost in the same way that Venom does in other ways, like it felt like a script that was like written in 1995 and then just mm-hmm. dusted off the shelf. You've told me about this script before, and I need to read it before our next episode where we talk about canceled projects. Mm-hmm. But um, yep. uh, you described it as like having Joss Whedon feminism. 
basically oh, like, sure like almost joss whedon feminism where like it doesn't even hit that bar where it doesn't like, hit that bar within okay. the first five points or five pages the script is like talking about her cleavage and like her using it to her advantage to like you know distract a security guard it's like the craziest fucking thing i'm like also let's be honest it's fucked up they did silver and black because they were two colors it is not yeah. like black cat and silver sable <laughs> hang out in the comics they don't no. Yeah. really at they all. yeah they yeah. were looking at their like roster of characters and we're like who can we fucking make a movie around and most of them it's like individually you can't like, that's what's right. so weird about what sony's like trying to do like we're getting this morbius movie we're getting Morb- here's the thing no morbius man morbius you can morbius sure. you can like sure. you yeah. can venom, venom not they're, really they're running, but they did it they're running on fumes after venom to uh let there be carnage mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna do null they're gonna do king and black <laughs> here's the thing i do i do think that donny kate's kind of proved that there's a lot of room to to run with venom like, i do think I, I legitimately do think they will end up trying to do king and black it is fun as a buddy movie mm-hmm. for sure like which mm-hmm. is not the take i ever thought they'd make with venom, no but like very fun i kind of love it also, by the way, just really quick, uh, Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. who is directing Venom 2, just, uh, I mean, not recently, recently, but has worked with Andrew Garfield in the past. Uh, he worked with him on his yep. directorial debut. So, yep. hey. Yep. Yes, he has. Yes, hey, he has. Yeah, what if fun. what if Circus directs a King and Black movie co-starring Andrew Garfield? <laughs> what if Andrew Garfield is in Venom 2? Like, uh, he could be. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think so. But my maybe. head will hurt. Wait, Michael Keaton. No, it won't. It won't happen. It won't happen. Venom. Venom comes out in September. Like I don't think they'll reveal Andrew Garfield. Post credits teaser. What? What if? Before. Here's the thing. What if Andrew Garfield has already been revealed in the uh, trailer? Trailer. Yeah. Like I guess if if he's revealed in the trailer, he could show up in Venom to the movie. Uh, But if he hasn't, they're not going to reveal it before. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not committed to that. I'm not committed to that. But But is he in Morbius? Maybe no, he's not. No, he's not. Maybe, but maybe is he in Craven? Now maybe. that may happen. I hope I don't so. even know what because I don't know how you do a Craven movie without Spider Man just hunting I, some other guy. Hunting the chameleon is the rumor, um, which is okay. like again, I, yeah, that's a take. Um, Morbius, I do think you could do without Spider Man. I do. Like he's a vampire I mean, guy. They, he, they did it. Oh yeah, you so. can do shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one makes sense. A lot of these other ones, unsure. But Silver Sable and Black Cat, it's fully like that's a weird one. They were colors, and they were yeah. both women. <laughs> um, because Silver Sable's whole thing is she's like a con. She's like a military contractor for a like a nation that borders uh, Latveria, like. And Jameson hires her team sometimes to like do shit. Like they're not connected characters really at all. I I could see it being fun. A thief and a military contractor, like getting out of trouble in New York City in in a Hobbs and Shaw kind of way. It could be fun. I I Um, do wonder that the version of the script you read, Jason, because I know Gina Prince Bythe would eventually came on to it. I don't know. I don't believe it was that one. I think this was like I think it was like Chris Yost and Craig Kyle like might have written this one, but it's someone. I'll 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 take a look and see who. I I think it. I think it like probably had a different version before they Mm. well because they were trying to retool it to a TV show at one point. Right. Um. 
So and they, I mean, and look, Lord and Miller are like shepherding a universe of Spider-Man live-action TV shows. So who knows what they are? That being said, I'm down for them doing whatever the hell they want with Spider-Man stuff. I am, I am down with Sony doing whatever the fuck with Spider-Man, as long as we also have a version of Spider-Man that can interact in the Marvel universe. That's what I want. I don't want them to like separate fully again. Mm-hmm. But it's give me fucking nine Spideys on screen. I truly do not yeah. give a fuck. I mean, more uh, toys for you to play with, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, we have two more villains to talk about. Okay, um, we gotta hurry because yeah. this is going long. There's a Electro, obviously. Uh, let's, I guess, talk about him first. He's introduced as a, a nerd with blueprints. Again, um, one of those things where it's like, this is not normally the take, but right. it's fine. So I really like the scene where like Spidey saves him. And like he can tell that he's just a really insecure dude, and he's just like makes him feel yeah. important for a second, and he moves on. Uh, it's a good scene. But yeah. Then things get weird. I don't know what Electro really wants. He seems to like power, and he then, wants attention, kind of. Yeah. That's really his thing. Which is a weird take for a Spider-Man villain to be like, I just want attention. Right. Okay. So the just so you know, the draft I read was a first draft. Okay. From 2017. <laughs> Okay, so it, it had a different, a couple different passes on it, probably. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the we draft I, I might have read, might not have read. I don't know. Someone read <laughs> it, maybe. Right. Um, okay, and now Green Goblin, he sucks. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, Green Goblin. <laughs> I think so Green Goblin sucks ass in this Biggest movie. gripe, Jason and I were talking about this when we watched the movie, is you don't feel like you know Harry Osborn at all. Like, no. when, he, when you're introduced to him, you if you're a casual viewer or even if you're a Spider-Man fan, you don't have any sense that like Peter knows Harry when we're sitting with like Harry talking to his dad, they're like, they're never talked about as like friends. So like this central relationship that should be so key to the movie working is like almost an afterthought and really makes that storyline suffer. I don't know why the movies are so obsessed with making Harry into green goblin like that's their only goal most of the time and it's like so it's gonna be ned is gonna be the freaking green goblin i mean like harry does become the green goblin right like that is a thing that Mm -hmm. happens but also he doesn't (laughs) a lot of the time (laughs) a lot of times he's just harry osborne um Um, now he is a new villain and it's very very good and more interesting um but that's sort of a spoiler, I guess, for the comic run. But I don't know, whatever. It's yeah. it's at least six I, or a year since it's been revealed. So my my biggest thing, I think this movie should be about the relationships between Peter and Harry and the relationship between Peter and Gwen. I think that those two should be the contrasting relationships in this movie. I don't think we need much of his parents' stuff. And I think that what we should be starting on is like either Spider-Man slinging through the streets, cut out all the parent stuff, or start on him and Harry, like start from the moment, because they already do the thing where Peter's like, you know, a young kid, we're flashing back to that moment from Amazing Spider-Man when like his parents go away and then we're expanding the moment and seeing what the parents do. I think personally, just like start with that same thing of his parents going away and then show him like hanging out with Harry and like finding solace and having this friendship and maybe show their friendship sort of fading apart. Because the thing that's crazy in this movie is when we meet Harry, when Peter spots Harry on the TV, we don't fucking know that they know each other. 
Like we've never seen these two interact. Yeah. We don't know that Him they are seeing friends. that his dad just died should be heartbreaking. And it's yeah. not unless you've read a comic book and you think, oh, I, I guess they do know each other in this film version. For kids, you know? yeah. For kids who hadn't watched, you know, like who hadn't watched the Toby movies, they don't fucking know who Harry Bo- Harry Osborne is. They don't know that yeah. they're supposed to be friends. So like make it to a way that it makes sense for these characters. And if yeah. like, we've never seen the two of them in the same fucking room before, like, you know, like it just doesn't, there's yeah, this, nothing this about is, that that feels It's right. part of the messiness. It's just weird choices like that, where it's mm-hmm. like, there's easy fixes. We could make this movie a lot better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a tragedy when like your best friend, like, you know, kills your girlfriend. Like that's harsh. That's fucking rough. And that's it's like, you two grew apart. Yeah. Like, you two grew apart and he feels betrayed by you and you like have been trying to do this balancing act of like helping your friend while also like maintaining your relationship as it's falling apart. Like that's mm-hmm. very interesting as a story. Yeah. Yeah. I also think like you could have, since they obviously wanted to do more, push the death of Gwen Stacy off to the third one. Like push that and goblin to the third one. Have this one just be Electro Rhino, whatever fucking villains you want to put in it. Just have this be like peter at his highest end and i guess they wanted to end in tragedy i don't know but it's like yeah. there there's a bit i mean this is the common criticism of this movie and it is true and it's just in the way it's done because you know we've talked about how the mcu marvel movies have yeah. a lot of fucking shit in them too mm-hmm. but this one just feels like it's trying it's doing death Gwen stacy it's doing green goblin but it's also setting up sinister six and it has mm-hmm. electra and it also has peter's parents are spies like those are like eight different comic storylines that it's trying to do at once mm-hmm. instead yeah. of just simplifying and i think like i don't know the and- the death of Gwen Stacy stuff works, but could mm-hmm. it have worked better if they hadn't been breaking up the entire movie? And I think, yeah, like that, that's that's the part of the movie that I think is the best is them. And that was something I didn't think with the first Amazing Spider-Man. I feel like I remembered their dynamic being better. And I realize now, oh, I was remembering this movie where their dynamic yeah. is very good. And they're very cute when they flirt. Um, yeah. It's it's very sweet. Um and yeah, I yeah. feel like that ending is functions as being so tragic because that's the part of the movie that really works well is them. Yeah. And yeah. And there's there's a lot of individual scenes that work so well. And yeah, like yeah. you're saying mm-hmm. that, that that death, I mean, like I think that entire sequence from the moment that like Green Goblin, you know, kidnaps Gwen and especially leading up to the death, I do think that sequence works very well in that moment. And mm-hmm. the death really fucking hits you hard. Like it, yeah. it's it's effective. It definitely does, but at the same time, it's Green Goblin who does it, and we don't give a fuck about who totally. Green Goblin yeah. is yeah. because be he's better. been Green Goblin for mm-hmm. two seconds. It could yeah, be they, better, but they it's, really, it's, yeah. I think, if you're gonna give the movie two notes, it's chill out with the Richard and Mary and Peter's blood storyline. Maybe yeah. scrap that completely. Uh, punch up the Harry storyline where you actually care about Harry. Um, yeah. and that's it. I think you. I think you do those two things. You have a pretty functioning movie about like Death of Gwen Stacy, and you can still have Green Goblin and Electro, and it still is fine. It still works. Yeah. Right. But like, I, I do think it's interesting that this Death of Gwen Stacy is not Peter accidentally kills her, which is what the comics was always a little like ambiguous on. Right. Is that well, like? This, yeah, it's still like he feels the guilt for it. Like he, he still blames himself. It's, also, but he I mean, doesn't not, catch her. It's not he mm-hmm. does the web and then he 
snaps her neck, which is normally what hmm. well, that, is I mean, kind that, of implied. In this movie, it's kind of that. I mean, he does catch her with the web and then she her- hits her head on the ground. I, I watch it because I like I, I've always found it so interesting of like, are they trying to make it ambiguous? But she hits her head on the ground. So he like yeah. doesn't catch her in time. It's not yeah. the like snap neck. It's weird. It's really odd. It's like a small shift. It's also, I'm, I'm kind of putting pieces together because like the very opening scene of the movie is of uh, Richard Parker's watch, which Jason and I both thought was weird. And then this finale is in a clock tower. Uh, and he just mirrored, doesn't have any uh, mirrored time. imagery. Yeah, mirrored yeah. imagery is not inherently no, it's good. good. It's empty. <laughs> it's empty. It's just something I'm yeah. noticing now. No, <laughs> yeah, like, I, oh, I, I just like trying to do something there. I wonder if that's like one of the reasons they stuck with the Richard and Mary stuff is they're like, well, no, because then if the the clock tower in the third act has nothing to reflect in the <laughs> people first, people are going to make like, fun of us for having who a fucking clock cares? tower. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, like he, crazy. he still hasn't uh, figured out who killed Uncle Ben. <laughs> that mystery still <laughs> dropped. He hasn't picked well, that back up in the first yet. movie. We still we have no way. Oh, okay. He might find out. In the That's when he becomes Spider-Man Noir and starts investigating. Um, oh, yeah. So I just a few notes on like things I really love. Just very quick things. Because um, yeah. I do have one. I actually have a, a segment that I'm going to introduce for this movie oh, wow. this, or this this episode only. Okay, um, we need to get moving. I love, I love that Spider-Man takes the time to talk to people in this movie. I think yes, that's amazing. That's His interaction with Jorge is really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. The little kid. Um, mm-hmm. I love the little moment with Jamie Foxx when he's like, "Here, lick that," and he has him like lick his his glove mm-hmm. and then fixes his hair and like. I think yeah. it's so good. I love the tension in the graduation scene. I think there's like ways that it could have been better, but like I think that's still really fun. I love the graduation scene. When Stacy's family is really ugly. I'm sorry. They're all, they're very ugly. I don't like them. They're an ugly family. You're saying uh, that about Gideon Gemstone? Yep. <laughs> um, I, lo- uh, I just always love that I see him. Yeah. Also, I love just that he's on- Gideon for you too, because that's like his most recent character, but he's had like a career before. I that. mean, I've seen him in other stuff, but like, yeah. I don't know. I want righteous gemstones to come back. It is coming back. They're, uh, they're filming right now. I saw, uh, what's his name? Um, John Goodman. No, uh, baby Billy Jimstone. He was in. Uh, fucking. Walton, God. Walton so I also love on the Ant Man and of, the Wasps. Walton Groggins. Yeah. Uh, on on the note of um uh, the the crazy wall board, I do love that Peter wrote a note to himself that says, "Do I have to lose you too?" With it sucks. Question mark? It's stupid. Oh, What's the most egregious thing on the wall? Is it him taping an entire framed photo using so much tape? I think it's the taping the shape of a question mark. I think it's the taped question mark, personally. You think Uh, that note is crazy, though? He's like one quiet place short of like fully jumping the shark. But (laughs) what are the weaknesses? What is the weakness? See, at least like that has like some relevance on that wall. He has pictures of him and Gwen. Why? It does not. What does that fucking have to do? I also, I am still unsure. I guess he's trying to solve the mystery of his dad, and then he finds the like subway car. Mm -hmm. That's the mystery he's trying to solve. Nothing to do with Gwen. I don't know why she's on the fucking wall. Yeah, it's insane. I also, I so I I do also love just the moment when they're in the third act, and Gwen's like insisting that she has to come with him to like fight Green Goblin or whatever, and and she's like, she's like, I'm coming with you, and he's like, just sort of for a second like agrees he's like okay you're coming with me shut the thing and like 
has her like very quick and offhandedly tells her to shut the trunk of the cop car for some reason yeah and then just webs her hand to think that's like that's such a good moment and i i truly like in my mind i cannot imagine how you arrived to that moment as a writer and i like i'm in awe of whoever did that if it's mark webb i don't know it's a good fucking moment i, I think I, that I, moment is good and i think the punchline of her yelling at him saying peter and then covering her mouth like it's Very such good. a good yeah. like performance moment mm-hmm. yeah like that yeah. really struck me when she screams peter and then covers her mouth mm-hmm. like she fucked up and her eyes get big there's really good stuff in this movie it's yeah. so it's bizarre. just not that good of a movie yeah. and i think that it's like the core it of what's so good what's so good about garfield's performance is that he is like and people talk how much about lasagna how, like, he eats how much lasagna he eats <laughs> uh but he, people people talk about how garfield they're like he's a good spider-man but he's terrible as a peter parker because they think he's like too cool or whatever and i fully fucking disagree with that i think that he's everybody should read spider-man comics because spider-man comics like the todd mcfarlane run especially he's like an edgy bad boy peter's not that cool he's fucking weird but he likes skateboards you know what i mean like i knew a lot of nerdy kids who like did no no no. that that dude's a nerd i think when you're in high school you might be like or like you might be like, ah, but he's like super attractive, so he's not a nerd. No, the performance right. he's giving is yeah. a nerd, but he's a good-looking nerd. They do exist. They definitely exist. I haven't met right? one. Yeah. But... They do exist, right? <laughs> I've met quite right? a few. Some of my some of my good friends in high school were very good-looking nerds. Um, and and like some of your friends now, too. And some of my well, well. Uh, <laughs> uh anyway, so so you were talking about, you know, sort of some of the only notes that you have for this movie. Um, I want to uh, introduce a new segment, which is called What Did Kevin Feige Say About This Movie When It Was In The Editing Process? Okay. We'll Seems like on a one, name, one-time but, yeah. bit, but... Yeah. Uh, well, I, it, you never know. It might come up again. Yeah, um, okay. So as a result of the Sony hack, you know, a lot of emails came out, and, and I, I'm not one to, you know, exploit that and talk about that too much. However, I do think that this is a very interesting thing that has no harm toward anyone you know a lot of those sony emails kevin feige was asked for his opinion on an early cut of amazing spider-man 2 Mm -hmm. um or i don't know how early but like a you know still a working cut of of amazing spider-man 2 um so i feel like we could you know very quickly just run through some of kevin feige's notes because i think it's very illuminating about sort of what the process is here um oh and also chad i did find we were talking about there was the uh, a deleted scene where there is a like weird mad scientist at the morgue. Okay, yeah, I that, was that fucking right. There is a that does thing? exist. Okay. okay, okay. There, when when Electro first wakes up in the morgue, there's like a weird, insane, like crypt keeper guy that's like doing all this insane cartoonish shit. Because he has that mad scientist YouTube. later. And yeah, that's what we thought you were thinking of. But there's like two mad else. scientists in this movie, which is the anyway. So it's so it's not the hat guy. I want to know who the fuck the hat guy is supposed Mr. to be. Mister Fierce. Mister Fierce. Yeah, who the fuck is he? He's like no his thing. I hope he shows up in No Way Home. <laughs> uh, I think he's a Spider-Man villain. I think he's, in the Loki finale, okay. he's gonna be the one in the the house at the end of time. I would shit myself. So, Mister Fierce is based on a comics character called the Gentleman, mm-hmm. who's like he was like involved in like forming the Sinister Six or whatever. He's not okay, like fine. He's not an amazing anyway. Uh, the other famous deleted scene from this movie is Richard Parker showing up and being like, sup, Peter, right. which sucks. Oh yeah, in the graveyard, 
which also yeah. there was another scene filmed uh in the graveyard i believe it was also in the graveyard with uh, uh shailene woodley starring as uh, mary jane parker i think she filmed two scenes if i'm not mistaken and she was in the graveyard so he like puts gwen down and is like hey what's up or baby like doll the, like, they were like a year later thing. in the original script like she was around the whole movie right and, like knew each other as friends and they just the friend, original yeah. thing. they just fully cut her so, out yeah yeah, if you if you read Spider-Man Blue, I think you can kind of see the things that like they were sort of going to try and do. Like in Spider-Man Blue, he and MJ are like married and he's going through old things. But I think in the flashback stuff in Spider-Man Blue, you can kind of see the ways in which they were going to sort of try and set up. I need to reread that. I read it a while ago. But Good it's book, a while. great book. Yeah. Um, Jeff Loves is a Terrible Human Being. Anyway, uh, okay, so here's Kevin Feige's uh, notes on this cut of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, first note. There are too many storylines, and we need to choose which ones we are focusing on and lift out the other ones. I.e., <laughs> could reduce the father arc to just Roosevelt, which, good note. Uh, could cut out plane crash and Richard destroying spiders and start on armored car. Don't start with Spider-Man. Let the danger and stakes of New York City build first and then have Spider-Man enter the scene heroically. But, but I disagree because of the opening shot. But I agree Start with that opening shot. Yeah. Kill right. the plane. The opening shot's very fun. Um, Tone down Paul Giamatti performance. So he's no more wrong. <laughs> Absolutely not. Fuck yeah. off, Kevin Feige. You're wrong on that one. That's, that's Dial it up. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't talk about him in our villain segment. Uh, he's the best villain of the movie. He's <laughs> great. He better be yeah. back. I can't Alexei, wait to see him in Jungle Cruise. I hope he gives the same performance. Alexei Sitsevich, such a good name too. And he's got oh, a track yeah. suit. He's got so the barber bar tattoo. That's incredible. So incredible. He's Oscar good. Oscar award winning actor, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Um, if you cut Richard from the opening and the plane crash, maybe you could instead do Harry coming home and seeing Norman at the top of the movie as a cold open. I think that could be. Effective. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, really love Electro, which is a crazy thing to say. Uh, that is an insane yeah, thing to say. Which is maybe what leads to Kevin Feige bringing Electro back first. For I mean, because no the thing, <laughs> I really I, love that Electro guy. Listen, I don't hate Electro as I as much as I remembered hating him in the first mm. watch. There, there's something there. I don't think it right. fully works, but there's something there. Right. So yeah, his no really love Electro. It feels like you may not need the scene in his apartment, which makes him seem uh, completely crazy and hard to relate to. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he definitely does. His like wishing happy birthday to himself and talking to a picture of spider-man it's it's insane insane uh like the idea that the eel goes in his mouth and instead of burrowing you see it glow within him which is like kevin okay, feige sort kevin. of like pitching like a weird like <laughs> I mean, it, it, right, a he's like obsessed with body horror so to have that that sounds like it fits right in and animals yeah <laughs> yeah um he also says uh need to set up the power plant earlier visually which i also yes Yes. So fully agree like because the power plant is so confusing because we just get there and like no like mm -hmm. there's kind of no establishment yeah. of where we are he mentioned something about how he designed it before but right. we yeah, don't, yeah yeah he built the entire he built the entire city's electrical yeah. grid like yeah. yeah which is like set up his character at the power plant like what are we doing why does he have to be at oscorp yeah. you can still anyway right um seems like the movie switches povs a lot why are we in max's pov during the car chase worth looking at this playing out from spiders spidey's pov i could see that i i also think it's fine to have it in max's pov i think it's kind of yeah fun i think it's fine. To, like have the everyday person's view um there could be a better way to reveal the spider or that peter is missing graduation maybe when you cut uh gwen you cut to the wide shot or cut to gwen you cut to the wide shot i don't know like fully what he's trying to say here but set Whatever. up that yeah, he's sure. missing graduation yeah. there yeah tiny note 
don't think Peter would lie to Gwen about sirens. Maybe he just downplays it. I mean, fine, whatever. Sure. Tiny note. <laughs> Stan Lee cameo. Maybe we need a little more emphasis on Peter here trying to get out of his costume and not be seen. Set up a little more pressure uh, of the principal getting closer and closer to calling his name. How many notes do you have? Because you were at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, how many are right. left? Because... Fine, I'll, I'll go fast. I mean, there's there's not a ton. Like, it's I'm about halfway through. Um, instead of seeing the ghost of Captain Stacy, uh, can just hear his voice in Peter's head and maybe flash back to the last Better. movie. Better. It's Don't weird to think see we Leary. should add Captain Stacy back into the car yeah. chase. Very Agreed. fucking weird. Why the fuck is Dennis Leary just sort of standing around this whole movie? Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really fit into the language of the rest of the movie. It's a weird thing yeah. that they do. This movie does not know its own language in a lot of ways. Um, if, if you're gonna have the ghost of um captain stacy you should also have martin sheen would be my note <laughs> right it's sure. like see both of his mistakes yeah yeah the, all of his mistakes just follow him around dude if they're both um, standing there in the car chase staring at him what if yeah. for the entire movie martin sheen and dennis leary are just following spider-man around literally <laughs> sounds in pretty good to me That'd it's like fun. an angel and devil on the shoulder <laughs> yeah good. Um, there's too much back and forth with Peter and Gwen. Can we recut the dim sum scene so that it doesn't feel so repetitive of their breakup in the last movie? Can Peter be more honorable and definitive and less wishy-washy? Uh, he yeah, also says, why do nice. we need a year to pass? Um, which I think was an early thing of like after they break up. And so, although I don't know how does a year pass after they break up where he's still stalking Gwen? It's a, it's she's, longer than she's it in seems college. Like. It's like months. Yeah. yeah. Boy. Um, Harry's story feels like the main plot of the movie. Peter should look into the past because of Harry. Maybe find some photos of them together as kids. Use obsession wall more to set up this. Use part obsession of, wall more of Kevin his Feige, past, no. not just what happened to his parents. Kevin, <laughs> well, Here's no. Thing. What Kevin's saying is, if he's gonna use it, he needs to fucking use it, and not just yeah. use it for the one mystery and then every other mystery. He's like, I'm stumped. I don't know. And I think right. here's the thing. This is this is when the the filming is done like i think this is kevin feige like working with what he's got and saying, yeah like, what can i tell you that you can still use at yeah. this point in the process um not sure what peter learns at roosevelt is entirely correct we're distracted by the idea that peter became spider-man because of his father's blood all this special backstory with his super scientist dad fights the idea with that peter is a normal kid from brooklyn or from yep. queens who becomes yep. the greatest superhero in the world um, yeah good note kevin feige Good note, Mr. Kevin Feige. Uh, Andrew's performance is all over the place. A lot of crying and then a lot of mania. Hard to track him emotionally sometimes. It undermines his reaction to Gwen's death because he gets upset and emotional a lot. I think, personally, <laughs> Listen, I don't mind it, but... It, yeah, it, it, it it's kind of fair. I kind of wish they had kept him a teenager where it's a little more forgivable for him to be all over the place emotionally. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I forget that he's like... An adult he's now. meant to be a college student. Yeah. 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 Um, don't like the idea that May tells Peter his parents were spies because two seconds later he finds out that they are not again or not and it again fights the idea that he's an ordinary kid um, I also think that this is something that was not in the final film I think this is a note that like isn't actually like that they did take because gotcha. um, like they're uh, not spies in this. right yeah. yeah okay um, like the idea that May finds out he's Spider-Man uh, finds his costume instead of just the Rosemary Harris wink wink all the time I think that could be fun you know, if they had, uh, I thought of... she did, but <laughs> then I then the movie ended, and I was like, oh, I guess she did not. Totally. I had sort I... of remembered her finding out. Right. Uh, one of his notes, kind of like the morgue, but hate the dancing mortician. It's a cliche. There we go. They did it. They took the note. <laughs> they Good took job, the note. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, 
are you using VFX to show how Electro is traveling from one point to another, burst of electricity and stuff? They really didn't. <laughs> they did not show how Electro was getting around very well. Yeah. No, that's a little confusing. He goes uh, into a power outlet at one point. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And then there's like the weird thing where he like closes it afterward. He closes the power outlet in a little right. bizarre. Got close. Um, yeah. Just a couple I mean, more. We wouldn't leave it open. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, need to underscore capture of the goblin. More sirens as you linger on the clock. 121, 122 a.m. Nice touch. Um, surveillance sh scene should be about following Harry, not Peter. No one should be following Peter. I think that's they like sort of maybe might have taken part of this note, but it does sort of feel like they're trying to figure out who Peter is, which is weird when yeah. like the guys in the truck are following the two of them. Um, can Electro hum Itsy Bitsy Spider before he plays it electronically? Maybe we can use this again. Hey, this guy's got good ideas. I there like it. Um, Have him whistle it to himself in a previous scene where, yeah. like in the Times Square scene, maybe he's taunting him a little bit. Totally. Or, yeah. or to make it, just to make it more clear that's what he's doing. Yeah, right. Because it takes you a second to be like, oh, wait, what is this? Yeah. yeah. And for him to call it out and say, I hate that song, just feels right. Yeah. Um, and then he says, yeah. maybe intercut the ending montage and hearing Gwen's speech with someone going into special projects and revealing more Easter eggs and see that the rhino case has been broken into and the suit is missing. Great way to transition into the rhino ending. Rather than just cutting to that scene right. and it having yeah. a couple endings. Yeah, yeah, let it feel a little bit more organic. Yeah. Um, don't need Aunt May in the kitchen. Uh, which, hey, sure. Uh, and then Spider-Man feels more or needs to feel more directly responsible for preventing the planes from crashing when it's, you know, like in that moment when the planes are like not it's crashing. It's such a weird choice that they brought the airlines into that. I sequence. like the stakes. I like the stakes because it's like, yeah, the power grid's off. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot like to show what that means, you know, that yeah. the power grid isn't working and that he needs to reset it. I think that's fine. I guess it's I, the cutting inside the plane. It's just, it's weird. I'm like, wait, why are we? Oh yeah, I guess it's because of the- I don't mind that. And well, I think that's what his stuff. note is kind of, is mm -hmm. like to show that like there's, what we're doing is affecting them more and like yeah. Peter accomplishing his mission is going to do something. Um, and then yeah. the final note is don't show New Yorkers looting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's probably oh. a good note. Probably yeah. a good note. The, probably a good note. The New Yorkers cheering is something I love about this movie. Like yeah. anytime Spider-Man's fighting somebody, you have like crowds of New Yorkers clapping right. instead of like running to escape, which is what I well, would do. But did were there did it. there end up being any looters in the final cut? I can't remember. I don't I think I saw any now. Yeah. That's good. They took they took some Feige notes. They took like three yeah. uh, three of his notes. Did you guys Shazam the end credits um in theaters? <laughs> Not in theaters, but we did Shazam it uh, on this viewing because we wanted did to... Did it work? Wait, what was it supposed to do? You don't remember. So it was a big... They told... Like, I don't remember how, but you found out before the movie, or maybe it even popped up on the screen, like, in theaters, but you were supposed to Shazam that, like, in credit scene because then it would pull up this site where you could, like, look at the specs of each suit thing more. Oh, interesting. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense for the end credits of this movie to just be spec things of suits we don't see in the movie. Yeah. Like, really at all. But it was a promotion for you to go look on Shazam. Gotcha. No, we just wanted to confirm that it was... Uh, it, was it was the rapper. Kendrick, yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Lamar, yeah. That's not uh, the song right away, is mm -hmm. it? 
That's it the is. very first song. It's, it's just uh, it's that it's that it's a di- so it's someone else's song, but then Kendrick Lamar raps it first. Uh, yeah. mm, okay. and so it starts out with that. Do you guys want to know a very fun, weird little fact about this movie? Of course. Sure. So a mid-credit teaser scene from X-Men Days of Future Past. Yes, I actually That's do know this. Right. I do know was this. added to this film after its premiere due to an existing deal between Mark Webb and 20th Century Fox in which Fox allowed Webb to direct this if Sony would promote the X-Men film for free. <laughs> they were I so remember, committed to Mark yes, Webb that they he was gave... under contract. I remember <laughs> like at the time, because I wasn't really following it as closely as I would now, I was thinking like, are they going to combine the X-Men with totally. the Spider-Man? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, no. Well, it's, yeah. it, it's like an extension of remember when like Hugh Jackman got very close to making a cameo in the it was either the first or second Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I don't remember that. Yeah, that was the thing they were like talking about it all the way back then. Is in one of the Raimi Spider-Man the, movies, Hugh Jackman was going to make a cameo. Oh, interesting. There was yeah. also um, the it was either Oscorp Tower was going to show up in the Avengers skyline, yes. or the yeah, Avengers yeah, yeah. Tower was going to show up in the Amazing Spider-Man skyline. I don't remember. I think which it, was, it was. I, I actually think it was. Both, if I'm mistaken, but it ended up falling through. Remembering correctly, yeah, Um, yeah. Because I mean, here's the thing: Feige, Kevin Feige, and Amy Pascal, who was the head of Sony at the time, Mm -hmm. they are good friends. You know, like they worked Mm -hmm. together back when um, the Raimi trilogy was happening, and like Mm -hmm. that's why she asked him for his notes is because they're friends. Like even on the movies that he's not involved with, they would still talk to each other a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they did try to like do fun things like that a few times, but then you get your Tom Rothmans and your Ike Perlmutters and your Bob Igers involved and starts to get a little harder. Yeah. But hey. But hey, maybe it's all gonna pay off this Christmas. So Fingers I'm crossed. trying to I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if Mark Webb has fulfilled his deal to 20th century studios yet. And so before the podcast started, we were talking about his next project, which is directing two episodes of a uh, R.L. Stein adaptation for Disney Plus, which is a 20th Century Studios production. So is that fulfilling his deal or is it him being signed on to direct Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs moving like because it's all the same parent company? Mm -hmm. Like, is that fulfilling the deal? Here's an alternate. Here's an alternate uh, 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 thing. It's very possible that his deal expired. <laughs> I mean, it probably did. It probably did. Yeah. It is just funny that his next two projects uh-huh. are 20th Century and then a Disney. Like he's so. also, he is also like doing a live action anime remake. Um, um, no, he's off of that. He's off of that. Yes, Lee Isaac Chung is now doing that. Uh, oh, it it's says, your name. I- IMDb Pro is telling me that they're both doing it, but maybe I'm fully wrong. Oh, that would be strange if they that they're like did co-directors it. on it. Um, Fascinating, but no. But supposedly he was replaced in September 2020 by Lee Isaac Chung. Got it. Okay. Um, he has a lot of like projects in development. I'll tell you that much. According to IMDb Pro, there's one, two, three. He has 11 titles in development, including the Snow White one. The, the Disney Plus show is um, uh, not in development. It's, you know, obviously in... Yeah, it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Snow White movie is happening. Like, that yeah. we have an actress cast. Yeah, that one yeah. says pre-production, and then your name says announced, and the rest of them are like option, script, development unknown, like that kind of stuff. So who knows yeah, how the, many of those are going to The happen. Snow White movie is also in Poor Man's IMDb, so... Yes. Um, I mean, we we have Snow White. Like, that movie is mm-hmm. happening yeah. at this point. Interested to see what they do with it. Um, hey, let's wrap this fucking show up. 
<laughs> Jason. Yeah, a nice long app. Two, what is it? Two hours almost, probably? I, it's so We're long. We're getting there. It is one hour and 40 minutes. I only have three minutes of my Monsters at Work episode left, and I don't know that I'm going to be able gotta to finish it tonight. Got to learn how to be funny. <laughs> got to learn how to be before funny. Before you go to sleep tonight. Before I go to bed. That's how you mm-hmm. retain things. Yeah. Um, hey, Jason, where can people find you online if they so wish? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones. Uh, you can find me, uh, find other great podcasts like Comic Book Workshop, uh, where I interview comic book creators. You can find Disaster Girls, where uh, a culture writer and uh and and a geology expert uh discuss disaster movies um all that stuff you can find at that might be cool.com uh and i don't know that's all the plugs fucking i have i have a mini comic a couple of mini comics in my instagram go find them and read them i guess hell yeah Yeah. um cool um i think that's a chad always wants to plug his other fucking show on here and i don't think we should (laughs) uh go for it it's a podcast about sentences and that's not what it's about (laughs) anyone who would ever be involved in that podcast is a fucking idiot yeah i think this episode actually releases the same like week as your most recent episode on the show so anyone who's ever been on that show is very smart for uh, about uh, one week only so like right now anyone who's on an episode within this (laughs) week is very very smart all right yeah cool i might push back your episode Uh, (laughs) delay it (laughs) um you can listen to the other show chad co-host best pictures uh also a that might be cool production um where we talk about the best movies for every year we've been alive I don't fucking know what's going to be coming out around this time. Scott Pilgrim, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim will be close. King's Speech. That's that's Mm -hmm. the um, that's the range we'll be in. Yeah. Um, Cool. So that's our show, friends. But leave us always. Yeah. I'm going to leave you with a gosh dang Spidey fact. Here's a Spidey fact. There was a limited series called Spider-Man Reign, where an older Spider-Man reflects on his past. One of the reveals in this series is that Mary Jane died to exposure to Peter's radioactive fluids. Good night. Don't let the radioactive spiders bite. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, we need to talk about Spider-Man. We need to talk about Spider-Man. That might be cool.com. You never know.